missions ministry. Dean Ellis and I worked on, and some others worked on, putting this particular program or this message together today. And I appreciate him, certainly, and the elders for allowing us to actually present it. And so we're going to try to get right into the things that we want to cover today. Thank you again for your your patience and listening, and we pray that you are blessed by it. A class of little girls were learning to spell. They spelled a number of small words, such as pig and cat and dog and cow. And to amuse themselves, I guess, they imitated the sounds that the animals made. Cow, C-O-W, moo, they went. And then little Mary was asked to spell the word love. She didn't say a word. She didn't make a sound. She just ran up front to the teacher, threw her arms around her, and gave her a kiss and simply said, that's how we spell love at my house. How do you spell love? One of the things we hope to do today is to be able to show you that what we're trying to do with what God has blessed us with is to bless other people with. And checking out the M&M website with the, the screen that you see here, but checking that site out, one can find out a little more about the M&Ms and how they all came about. The concept of M&Ms actually came out or came about in the Spanish Civil War. There was a guy by the name of Force Mars, Mars Candy Company, of course. He visited there on a trip to Spain and saw the soldiers eating these pellets of chocolate that were covered with this hard-shell sugary coating to prevent them from melting in your hands. He took that idea, he brought it back home, and now we have what we call the M&Ms here in the States. All of this was put into play in 1941, actually, and quickly became part of the American GI rations at the time. They were packaged in cardboard tubes, as you see around the screen, I guess, and they were for soldiers to be able to enjoy as a treat, maybe a little treat there, but also some would say maybe even a little energy as chocolate will do for some. Now, some would suggest that there is another type of M&Ms that we must acknowledge, and I believe that is the case, and that's why we're here today. It is an M&M of an eternal kind, and it is for each of us that have claimed to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in that process, when we've confessed our sins to the Lord, and we've given our life to Him and experienced this thing called a new birth, we do have an M&M mission, if you will. It's our ministry to one another and our mission to the world around us. Missions at home and missions abroad, we might say. And that's what we're going to try to prevent or present to you today. We are on a mission from God and the promise that He has given us that He would not forsake us on our mission in life. And I find that comforting. Now, Americans give some $700 million a year to uh, mission agencies. $700 million a year given by Americans to mission agencies every year. However, in 52 days, Americans alone spend over $700 million on pet food. It's something for us to think about as we think about what God has called us to do in our world. The Scripture tells us plainly what our mission is from Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And he gives the assignment for all of us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mark's account in chapter 16, he simply just says, go into all the world. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. So what I want to do as we start out here this morning is I want to give you the who, what, where, whens, and whys of missions. What's it about? It has to have a purpose. It has to have a design. And if it's from God, we need to understand it. God does not make things complicated. Men do. So here is the assignment of the who, what, where, whens, and whys of missions. Short version. What? What is missions? It's sharing God's love with the entire world. Where? Where is the mission field? Of course, it's the world. Why? 
Why should we be involved in missions? Because God told us so. Who? Who can be a part of missions? The great thing is, you can. And finally, when? When can I give to missions? Here's the great part. Anytime you want to. As often as you want to. And we pray that's the case. So what is our mission as Christians to the world? What is that? Someone once said, rightly so, that everyone deserves to hear the gospel once before others hear it twice. Makes sense to me. Many even in this room, you've heard the gospel that Jesus gave his life for you. And if you'll surrender your life to him, he will give you a thing called eternal life. And yet you've never surrendered to that. Some here even today may have thought, well, I will do that someday, but not today. And today has never come for you. We pray that you think about that today as well. So what is our missions as Christians to the world? It's not simply to make us feel better about ourselves and doing a little work somewhere else in some other part of the world. No. It's not us having bragging rights in our competitions with other churches and or denominations, although sometimes we seem to make it that way. It is not to make the world look like us, act like us, or even think like us, but some would think that was the case. Our mission to the world is quite simple. Our mission to the world is to simply tell them about the good news and that Jesus saves, period. When we do that, things happen. Helping people come home to God. God longs for us, those of us that call ourselves Christian, is to help others see that there's a way home, and it's only done through Jesus Christ. Give me an amen. amen. All right. Why would we say that? It's simple. It is because until they do, they are lost, period. And speaking of loss, Jesus told three stories. They're parables in Scripture. And it comprised of the whole 15th chapter of the book of Luke. And I want to go over those briefly here. And I'm just going to ad-lib them, if you will. He gives three parables. What is a parable, someone might ask? A parable was brought into play, if you will, by Jesus himself. A parable connects with every generation to come. No generation is left out in any of the parables that Jesus told. Therefore, a parable, you can read somehow that it connects to you. And perhaps in one of these three, you will find yourself today. The first one is that of this, this person that has gone a little away from home, but this one is a sheep. He tells the story like this. Let's say a man has, or a shepherd has, a hundred sheep, and he has one that goes astray. Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go find the one? Put it on his shoulders and bring it home? And when he brings it home, he calls his friends and his neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, my sheep has been found. And Jesus said in verse number 7 there, as you're looking at that particular, he said, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons that don't need to. Think about that just for a moment. If you've never repented of your sins, you can cause heaven to rejoice today. Our prayer is that you do that. The second parable is the shortest of the three here. It is the parable of the lost coin. A woman has ten silver coins. She loses one, but she loses it in the home. What does she do? She sweeps the house, moves the furniture, does the dusting, whatever it takes, and finds that coin. She also calls her friends and neighbors and said, Rejoice with me, for I have found my coin. And Jesus went on to say there, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Our class this morning, angels do exist. In the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then there's the parable of the lost son. This is probably the most used parable, and I've taught on it on many occasions in different avenues. To me, the heart of this particular parable is the heart of God. And what He is willing to do for you, no matter how far you drift away, you may feel today that you're too far away for God. Let me tell you, you're not. Our God is an awesome God, and our God loves you, even in the midst of what you might be in right now. 
And he's longing for you to do what this son did. You have two sons. The oldest son stays home. The younger son says to the father, Father, give me my inheritance now. I don't want to wait. And so he gives him the money. The scripture says that he goes to a distant country. He's a long way away from home. Why? Because he doesn't want to know anybody and nobody to know him so he can live the life that he thinks is okay by him. He spends his money wildly in all terrible things. But the great thing about this story for this young son is that he comes to his senses, Scripture says. He comes to his senses and he realizes what he has to do to come back to God, to come back home, and that is he has to repent. And he does, and he turns and comes home. And I love this part about the, the, the writing there. It says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around his son. He kissed him, threw his coat on, gave him a ring, and said, We must celebrate, for my son that was lost has now been found. So no matter how far one drifts from God, all you have to do is to turn around and God will run to you. Give me an amen. amen. We want you to know in this process that in this story there is something lost close to home, the sheep. There's something lost in the home, it's the coin. And there's something lost far from home, the son. All were lost, all were sought for, all were found, and when they were found, a celebration took place in heaven and on earth. What a beautiful story for us to hear today. We want you to know that our missions ministry, M&M if you will, is to ultimately help people come home to God through the love of Jesus found in us. When we love like God loves, we can't help but give what God has blessed us with. Give me an amen. All right. Whether it's local, national, or international, if you will, the world in which God has sent us. So the question becomes for us, does it not? Are we doing what the Lord has called us to do? Now, the world in which we live is a big, big world, as we know. It looks small on a picture here, but it's a big, big world. We can't do everything, but we are called to do something. The question is, for the individual to ask, the Christian to ask themselves, am I, do I have a part in this, what God has called me to do? I pray you find yourself in that today. So what I've done today is I've asked a few members to come up to help explain a little bit better to you fully and clearly of what it is that we are a part of at missions at Western Hills. In a minute, I'm going to ask Dean, not yet, but I'm going to ask Dean to come up here. Dean happens to be the deacon over our missions ministry. I think he's been in that ministry for about four or five years now, and um, he does a terrific job. He's retired, so he's more flexible on things that he can do. The elders want you to know that they, they want him, they, they, they have allowed him and they want him and encourage him to be a part of missions in the way that he feels led through that process. He needs to go to certain places and check things out and see how things are running because all of us can't go. And he's volunteered his time to be able to do that and so we want to make sure that we support him in those efforts and that's a blessing and I can't thank him enough for doing that. Now... Here's the stage set. Over the past five years, the church here at Western Hills has given over $70,000 to mission work. And I want to thank every single person that's done that. Our missions program, you need to know, because if you don't come to a budget meeting in November, you may not know this. Some churches pull out missions out of their budgeted program. X amount of dollars are allowed for missions, perfectly fine. But at Western Hills, we do it just a little bit differently. Our missions program is not a budgeted item. It is over and above your offering, your gift, your tithe that you might give weekly. It's over and above. It's something that God press, impresses on your heart and you give to that. Normally, that's done once a month. And the way to do that, we simply ask you to take one of the cards, like it's in front of you there in the pew, and slip that whatever that might be, that donation, if you will, down into this, place it in a collection basket, and then that goes directly toward missions. David, our uh, deacon over finances, may, does a great job, and he makes sure that that gets 
to that area. And then we distribute that accordingly to our missions meeting or, or committee that actually allows us to work in that particular area, which I think is wonderful. Now, but you can give to missions anytime you choose to. You can get, put it in an envelope any week you want to. You don't have to wait for that first Sunday of the month. And you can give it to anyone that's up here or just place it in the collection basket. And we want to make sure that you're aware of that and that goes on there. All right. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 24. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Local, at home, the coin. Think about it for just a few moments. First, let me talk about this local mission work. What is our local mission work, you might ask? Well, truthfully, truthfully most of it is done here at church. It's done through preaching, and teaching our classes. A few other things as well, but that's where it is. We, when people come, they hear the gospel. We're, we tell them the good news. And through that process, over the years, many have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. How can you be a part of that, you might ask? Well, that's it. All you have to do is ask someone to come with you to church. When you ask someone to come with you to church, you are actually a part of mission work. Did you know that? Now, here's the thing. Everybody doesn't ask somebody. You just suppose that people go to church somewhere, people that you know. When's the last time that you've asked someone to come to church with you? You see, I believe that you come to church here at Western Hills because you like something about Western Hills. It could be the great singing that we have. could be the ministry for our youth that we have. could be a great preacher that you might hear once in a while. But whatever the case, you choose to come here and make this your home. Have you ever thought that someone else might like this place too? We want to encourage you to be a part of local missions, and that's one way that you can do it. If you are inviting people, then you are a part of local missions. So we can all be involved in the mission work here at Western Hills. Dozens of people, I was going to get a record on that, but dozens of people have been baptized just recently that have come home and we've celebrated with every single one of them. And through that process, what did we see? Something that was lost, something was found, and we celebrated with them. Give me an amen. You were a part of that. Your encouraging word, your invitation, something that you did, just singing out to the Lord, may have encouraged that person along the way, so you were a part of that. And as the minister here, I want to thank you for your part of local mission work. Now a little bit further away. In this one here, we have a food drive that we do every March. And in this food drive, we support two places. Go ahead. We support two places a little further away from home. Okay, remember the sheep? This is the Tipton's home and the Westview Boys' home. These are two places where people go or young people go that may, may not even be loved in their family, many of them. Some are troubled, of course, we understand that. But these are the two places that we help support. And in this, we do a food drive every March, and we send food to them, but we also do other things as well. Go ahead. Our teenagers, once a year, go out to the home there, and they do some work there at Westview. This happens to be a picture there at Westview home. And they do some work. They spruce up the place. They do some painting. I think that's what they're doing here, unless they're diving in a pool that's not there, and teenagers have been known to do that. But nonetheless, um, there it is. And here they just are meeting together and just being teenagers, just being kids, if you will, enjoying each other's company. But in this process, they're also having devotionals, and they teach the Word of God. They're doing what God has called them to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, a person came from one of these places last year, last fall, and gave us a report on all the work that was going on there. And it was a wonderful work. Too quick. But all this wonderful work that is going on. And in that process, there you go, and in that process, he told us many things about that work, but how many people, young people, have given their life to the Lord and have gone on to be great and very successful in life, and many of them even today are Christian people serving in our military and serving us well. And to that, you had a part in. 
You see how it works? Just a little bit given. Remember, through this whole thing, even a cup of cold water doesn't go unnoticed by God. You need to know that. So we're thankful for that. Dean, come on up here if you would, please. We're going to go through a few things here with Dean. You got your microphone? Okay, good. Now, we haven't really rehearsed all this part of it, but so just kind of bear with me as I kind of make this up as we go along. Now, we do some stuff internationally. So we've got the home thing. We got a little bit further away from home. And now we have this international thing that we do. It's in a place called Ecuador. Ecuador. He's got that bass voice. Probably didn't need a mic. But nonetheless, we'll get him on in a minute. Ecuador is on the equator there as you see this little spot. Now, think about how big South America is. Think about how small Ecuador is in that process. We don't focus on all of Ecuador, but kind of we do, and I'll get to that in a minute. So go ahead with the next slide, I think. What do we concentrate on there? What's the place called? Quito. Quito. Use the mic. I like that. Miss Betty's going to ask me after church. I couldn't hear him. Okay. So what's the place called? Ecuador. Quito, no. Ecuador. Quito, Ecuador. Everybody say Quito. Very Ecuador. Now you know exactly where we serve and what your funds go to when you give to missions. Where is it at? Very good. You're learning. All right. Now, um, in Quito, Ecuador, there's someone that does some special work there, but we want to see just briefly what goes on there in Quito. Go ahead with the next one. What's this place? That's the Quito School of Biblical Studies. Very good. It's a, it's a school where we actually train, or they train, ministers to go out all over Ecuador and even South America. So you see, the monies that you might give, although it might be small, can help support a work there all the way, if you will, halfway around the world. And in that process, someone now is going to take that gospel into all the world, doing exactly what God has called us to do. Give me an amen. Now this is headed up by, go ahead with the next one. Kent Markham. Very good. Kent Markham happens to be? Gary Markham's brother. Gary gives a wave over there. All right. Kent Markham started this many, many years ago, and he spoke for us many times. He gave us reports. In fact, he's going to be in a couple of weeks, and he's going to preach for us while I'm gone. So come back. You're going to hear some good preaching. All right. So enough on Kent. All right. Let's move on to the next one. We don't stay in Quito when we go. There's basically two things we, go, we do when we get to Ecuador. We really concentrate on the building aspect of things and the medical mission aspect of things. There's a reason why we focus on those two. What's the, really the purpose? Why do we do that? Well, the school prepares the guys to go out and preach the word. And they go out to 14 different countries as of now. So we're in a lot of places because of the work done in that one place. Awesome. We also work at a place called Kumani, which is on a river in the jungle on the western side of Ecuador. Right. The only way to get to it, as in this picture here, is by boat, 47 miles up the river. 47-mile boat trip up the river. I was going to, I asked him the other day, I, I asked him the other day, how do you get there? And I think something was like, you can get there by helicopter or boat, okay? And so when we get on the, these little canoes, I think they, you said they call them canoes, is that correct? That's correct. All right, very good. And so go ahead with the next one. When we get to the place that we want to get to, what is this place? That's Kumani Christian Center. Kumani Christian Center. Everybody say Kumani. All right, where are we at now? Ecuador, all right? And now where are we at in this picture? Kumani, very good. What is this place all about? That's where our missionaries work from as a base for our medical missions and for a base for the medical missionaries, the uh, missionaries that go out and preach in all the villages up and down the river. Up and down the river. Go ahead with the next one if you would. Now, when you get there, this is one of the things that you might see in one of the locations. And what is this? That is a church at Loma Linda, which is across the river from Kumani. So this is a church building there, okay? And in that, I found it interesting. Now, they turn in a bunch of pictures for me to go through. They have hundreds. If you want to look at them, that's fine. Ask them. We can only go through so many. When I saw this picture, and I knew it was a church, but I also noticed there was something in front of that church, which was a dog. Was that dog going to church or getting kicked out of church? He gets to go if he wants to. He gets to go if he wants to. All right. So inside that church, we have... Something that looks like this. This is actually inside of that building you just saw. 
Now, if you notice, there's a gray-headed guy in the front row, which is? Roger Wood. Right. And somebody that's been bad, really bad, is this guy way back there, right there? Zane Moeller. Zane Moeller. Those are members that volunteered their time to go and be a part of this building project that's going on in Incumini, okay? This is very important for you to know because this is what you give to, and that's what we want to share because, once again, we're doing what God has called us to. To do. Give me an amen. amen. All right, let's go, I guess, with the next picture. Oh, if you preach the gospel, what do you get? Baptisms. That's right. You get people that surrender their life to God. Right. Now, in this, I noticed this is a pretty muddy river. This is a lot muddier than our baptistry. I'll let you know that. And the guy in the red hat there. That's Kent Markham. That's Kent Markham. And what, what's in this river? All kinds of fish and turtles and anacondas and... Anacondas, and I'm thinking like, well, anacondas, dude, I'm getting, out, I'm getting out of there quick. This is going to be a real quick baptism. Like, let's just dive in and get out, right? But think about that. And these are people that are giving their lives to the Lord. And perhaps you were the one that placed that $1 in that basket. And maybe that's what you had. It's just a little coin to give. But look at the lives that you've helped touch. Heaven may be full of people that you've touched in your giving to mission work halfway around the world or around the world that has caused someone to give their life to the Lord. And you may never know about it until you and I get to heaven. Give me an amen. amen. I think that's awesome. Go ahead. What do we got here? That's children's class during church. Very good. So it's more like our Sunshine Express? Sunshine Express. Okay. All right. So they're up there doing that. One, we have this one. Not too fast. This, that's okay. You can go ahead. We're, we're trying to get through this. I promise. There you go. What do we have going on here? Playing duck, duck, goose, goose with, some of the, with Kent Markham. He's in there somewhere. Okay. Well, what I wanted to say about this, and the reason why I pulled this picture is, we want you to know that kids are kids anywhere. You young kids that are with us today, these are kids just like you when you go to recess or playing with your friends or whatever the case is. It doesn't matter where it's in the world. I've been to Africa many times and been to Mexico and different places on mission trips, and kids are kids. They just love to play. So one of the things you do is you get them together, you play a few games, you have some fun, and then you can, you can prepare the way to bring the message. But what I found interesting about this picture as Dean and I went over this is somewhere in the back here, and I'm not sure where that's at, but Dean, what about one of these houses back here? Yeah, down there beside that little blue, blue house on the left side, if you walk across the aisle there, there's a little house that we made church, had church in the first time I went down there, and they asked me to preach. I don't know Spanish, so there had to be a translator from what I said to, to Spanish for the people in the house. So we had it inside a house down there. Excellent. Excellent work. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's pretty awesome. If you've never done that, when I was in Africa one time, I did a translation through three people. So I would say something, this guy had to say something, this guy had to say something, and I had no idea where I was going. You know me. But anyway, it, it, was, it was fun, but it was an experience, wasn't it? A great experience. Great experience. You'll never forget that. But one of the things I want you to see here, and young people want you to know this, look at this neighborhood. These are the homes of these people. So when you drive home today, no matter what we have, let's be thankful for what God has blessed us with and where we've been born. Amen? All right, very good. Let's go to another one. Now, while we're there, we do construction work, a lot of construction work, and this happens to be a building called what? That's our main facility there at Kumani, where we have worship service, uh, we have our dinners, and our kitchens there, the whole thing. Well, it doesn't look like you can set up very many tables in there, though. Not at that time. Not at that time. All right, go ahead to the next one. Now we got some work actually going on. Who's in this picture? Roger Wood and Zane Moeller. All right, very good. Our two guys, are they're both carpenters. They do a great job for us here at the church. And, but here they are, if you will, in uh, South America doing the work of the Lord. Give me an amen. amen. All right, now... Watch what happens after all this hard work. You think it's just not going to be much? That's what you get. Isn't that awesome? Give them a round of applause for that. <laughs> Dean, Roger, and Zane. And thank David you. Ortiz. And David Ortiz. Well, we're going to get to that because I found this one picture. And I didn't know I was going to use it or not, but I was flipping through all these pictures that they sent me over, over to me. And I was looking at all of them. And I found this picture. Go ahead. <laughs> and I thought, hey, I think I know that guy, which is? That's David Ortiz. That's David Ortiz. But when I looked at this picture, I was really afraid to ask Dean, what in the world is he doing? 
you know, trying to get rid of somebody or what's he doing down there? He's actually what? He is actually the world's best ditch digger. But he was actually digging a ditch, a hole for a septic tank system. Septic tank system. All of us that live in this city, you may not, some of you may not know what that is, but trust me. Anyway, it's a job. But when I looked at this, I thought something was a little bit odd or a little bit out of, uh, uh, it just wasn't right. Can anybody figure out what was not right with this picture with David? I, instantly I caught it. If you, know, if you know David Ortiz, he always carries around a two and a half gallon jug of water everywhere he goes, right? And he's got this little 16 ounce bottle up there and I know that's probably not his. Isn't that right? Oh, okay. There he is. Thank you, David, for your help. <laughs> Thanks for being a ditch digger. That's good, man. That's really all we are is ditch diggers, man. God's going to provide it to grow. Thank you so much. Yes, go ahead to the next one. All right, and this is the last one with Dean here, and, and uh, this is what? That is the new church building. We actually outgrew that other old, that other building we saw earlier. We outgrew it, so they had to build a new building yep. in a kind of a neutral site. On the river there, there's different villages. Some are Chachi Indian okay. and some are Afro-Ecuadorians. And they don't intermix with each other. And so we built, built it on a site that's neutral to each village. That way, some from each can come to the church. Excellent. How many times have you been? Three times. Three times. Do you, you have plans of going back anytime no, I soon? I sure hope to. Bet. If you would like to go or like to be a part of that, I can't promise that you're going to be able to go. But if that's something that you can do, not just to sightsee, but to actually put in some sweat equity, if you will, because you're going to sweat, right? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you might want to think about that. We're going to get to more of that in just a few minutes. But, we have, again, we, we, we thank Dean for that. Give him a round of applause. All right. I told you earlier, in this particular place where we go to Ecuador, there is more work that we do. And this one is going to be on some uh, medical mission aspect. Go ahead with the next picture. And who would this be? That would be our own Bryn Winters. Bryn, come on up here, right over here. Bryn Winters. Give her a round of applause. Thank you, sweetheart. Right there is good. All right. We're going to kind of work through some pictures here as well. Bryn is uh, a nurse here in town, of course, and wonderful family, and just love the family and all that good stuff. So tell us a little bit about this picture, if you would. This picture. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, very good. So we, we send a nurse halfway around the world to hold some babies. <laughs> but there's more to it than that. You know that. That's good. Great. All right, let's go to the next one here. Uh, who do we have here? Or what do we have here? Yes, this is our pharmacy set up. We have a pharmacist that goes with us that oversees all the medications that we distribute, which we take medicine for treating infection, diabetes, hypertension, general aches and pains, and everyone. Very good. And so what you have there are all these packages or Ziploc bags full of all the medicines and things, correct? That's right. I'm sure it, that's exactly how they do it at Walgreens. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And, and the people here, they're not all from Lawton, are they? No. No, we have people from Texas, Kansas, Missouri. We have a good group of people that come from all over. Right. And now what I want you to know about this picture as well, one reason why I picked that is because in this, these people give up their time. Some of these people take their vacation time to go around and serve the Lord. And so when we give to missions, actually we help support that. Not to pay them. Oh, no. But so that they can be there and take these supplies to people that are in need there as well. I think that's pretty awesome, don't you? Amen. Go ahead with the next picture. What, what do we have? I don't like that. When things don't come together. But nonetheless, let me tell you what that is, because this was supposed to be the picture. Yeah, and there's probably a reason for that. There's a young lady with us today that we were actually able to send, and I apologize for not getting the picture in there. I promise you it's on my computer. It's their fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's a young lady that was a is a nurse as well with uh, um, Bryn, and uh, she wanted to be able to go and be a part of that, and you, together we were able to help send her this year to, uh, to Ecuador 
and she happens to be with us today with her husband, and she's right over here. Just give us a wave right over there. Her name? I feel terrible that I don't have her picture on there. She's got a beautiful smile, and uh, we're thankful for you taking the time as well, but the monies that you give, I couldn't go and do what these ladies do. Most of us in this room couldn't. And so, therefore, we want to reach out in in a manner that helps the people, just like Dean was telling us earlier, because that allows the door to be opened for the preachers, the ministers, to come in and preach the good news of the gospel. Give me an amen. Amen. So we want to thank you, Danielle. I I promise you next week we're going to find that picture. We're going to put it up there. You may not be here. I'm going to say, this is Danielle. (laughs) I apologize. Thank you for your... I'm glad you didn't keep that one up there. Tell us about this picture here, Brent. I can see the whiteboard back there. and we have a whiteboard back there. Right. We still have some work on it. We tried to translate it. But okay, <laughs> right. Um, anyway, we have the, each doctor or nurse is set up at a station. We also have in there a dentist who pulls teeth. People request cleanings, but we, we only pull teeth while we're there. Right, okay. And then also um, a, a little lab set up okay. for basics. Very good. Let's, let's go on to the next one as we move here. Uh, what, what do we have here? Right. The reason why I pulled this picture, I want to say this real quick. Uh, the reason why I pulled this picture is it just touched my heart as soon as I saw it. See the little boy in the yellow and the orange uh, there? And I thought about this. And what, what goes through the mind of maybe this four, five, six-year-old, I'm guessing? If you have a child that age, you might think, or a grandchild that age. Just think of them there for a moment. What's going through his mind as he's studying here in this process? Is this man going to poke me? Or is this man, man going to poke me, or is this man going to give me a sucker? I'd rather have a sucker than be poked. But I thought about this little boy, and this is what I thought and came to mind, and this is why I pulled the picture out. You see, this little boy has a soul, just like my grandbabies do, just like yours does. And the love that we might send just with a little help from a Michael or Bryn or Danielle or whoever, a love that we might send might touch a heart that will be lost without the love of Jesus Christ. I just pray that one day in heaven, I run across the little boy here. You may not know it, but I was that little boy that was in that yellow and orange, and you talked about me. Because in heaven, I think we know all things, all things that are good. Bear with me, it's just my thought. And that was me. A cup of cold water was given to me on a day. And I gave my life to the Lord. And I would hope that he would say, I led many people to Christ as well. You make a difference in what we're doing here in mission work at Western Hills. And I thank you. Go ahead. There's Danielle right there. I don't have to put it up next week. Thank you. All right. So she's doing what there? Well, very good. Wave again, Danielle, so we know who you are. She's got a little extra bonus there. And thanks, guys, for letting that in. Now I don't get to blame you after church, right? Very good. What do we have going on here? Oh, we were, um, this is a little baby that we saw. I was listening to a song, just trying to try to make sure they were clear. We saw several kids that we suspected to have pneumonia and were pretty sick. What's the most common thing that you see there? All right, go ahead. Thank you, friend. And once again, and I don't have time when we move on, we're just having fun. This is a camp being set up where they're going to do some work. They're just having fun with the kids. Once again, entertaining them a little bit while they get things set up, just showing them the love of Jesus in a powerful way. Go ahead to the next one if you would. What do we have here? It's my fa- one of my favorite pictures. Just you enjoying the baby. All right, and when I looked at this one, I, this is what I thought when I saw this picture. And, and this is the question I asked Dan, uh, uh, Brent. I said, when I looked at this picture, I thought to myself, 
Did you ever, and I ask this question, did you ever think when you were a little girl that you, in Indiahoma, Oklahoma, would go halfway around the world and be on a medical mission trip, and, and I thought she would come back with the answer, oh, no, I never dreamed that. What was your answer? I'm so thankful you do too, but watch this. She actually, when you were, when was the first time you went? It wasn't when we sent her. A, another church. Doing what God told them to do. When was the first time you went? Uh, the first time I went, I was 15 years old. And Did you go with anybody? Went by myself. I can't believe my mom and dad put me on the They're here today. Thank you for being here. Oh, that's great. Give her a round of applause. That is so awesome. Man, I'm telling you, God is good. Amen? All right. So now, uh, through all of that, let me have the mic here real quick. I think we're done with that. Go ahead and next. Yeah, there we go. Um, oh, yeah, I had, I had something I wanted to read real quick for you because it sets the stage for the next aspect. All right, here we go. Here's the bonus part because I don't want to leave this part out. About 12 years ago, we started a program, and it's headed up now by Janice Croft that was up here earlier with the kids, and this is where this comes into play there. We started a program called Sunshine Express. It's a place where our children go to, if you're visiting with us, our children go to during the preaching time so they can be taught on their level about the love of Jesus. But before they head off to that time together, they actually drop funds, money, into this little blue bucket that you see up here, change, just change. We call it Coins for Christ. Now, in that, over the course of the last five years, catch this now, over the course of the last five years, nearly $23,000 has been given. Isn't that awesome? Go ahead. Now, it's, it's used toward many service projects here at the church. One I know that we've done in the past is Angel Tree for Christmas time for kids that are less fortunate. Backpacks of blessings. We pick a school out here in Lawton and we supply backpacks or the supplies for their school, the, that, for the whole entire school. Thank you for your support with all of that. But also a little mission that is taking place as well, as Janice alluded to earlier. So I've asked a couple of young ladies, Avery and uh, um, Ella, to come up here, if you would. They'll come up here and have a seat, and they're going to explain to us just a few pictures there, and then we'll close right out, okay? Thank you for coming. All right, ladies. Ready in either one of those seats. Perfect. Is this still on? This one? Good to go. All right. So let's go over the first picture right here. Um, who is this little boy right here? Um, this is Hilari Oduwari Odoye. Say that again, but real slow. Hilari Oduwari Odoye. She did good on that, didn't she? <laughs> All right. And then this, what do, we, what do we do for this little boy? We, buy, we bought him goats and alpacas so he can have warm blankets and fresh milk to drink. And what about chickens? No chickens? Not yet? No. Okay. Well, no chickens. No, I think he didn't make it over on the boat. All right. <laughs> so, again, we raise money through this coins for Christ and monies that you give for this. But also, there's, um, we raise money in different ways. And this past year, there was a young lady that's sitting to my right that did something very special. I just want you to know that. And can, can you explain to us kind of what you did to raise some monies to make sure it goes towards something that's really good? I cleaned my room and I got all my toys that I didn't want and I went to my mom's store and I sold them. Isn't that awesome? Now watch. Because this is just for you to know. Um, did you raise $20? $40? $100? $200? $300? $358. Isn't that awesome? Very good. All right. Now, Hilari, I got that part right, Ella. Okay, very good. 
Hilari lives in a little place like this. It's kind of this. So when you go home today, be thankful again for what God has blessed you with and where you're born. Now, go, let's go to the next picture because we're going to move on real quickly here. Now, in this, in this picture, Ella, we have uh, Hilari, and he has these uh, letters. Apparently, it looks like letters in front of him. Where do those come from? So from us? Yeah. Okay, very good. And what, what, do you, what do you kind of encourage him to do? Or what do you say? We send him prayers and we send him, like, we'll ask him how he's doing, what's going on in school, stuff like that. Okay, so, so our students send these letters out to this, this child. And I asked the question, do, they, do you ever get something back in response? And the answer was yes. And so here's a letter in response from Hilari. But it's written by a translator, of course. But he wrote the numbers down there in the bottom. I want to make sure that we could show those numbers. I thought he did a really good job. So maybe you might want to also include in their fourth and fifth grade class a letter to Hilari saying, we saw some films about you or a picture of you and we thank you and we're praying for you. At least we could do that, could we not? But watch this. So what I've done is I had Janice type this up because I couldn't quite read it myself. And so Ella is going to read that for us here today. This is what the letter says. Dear Western Hills Church of Christ, receive loving greetings from your friend, Odoya Hilari Odoari, and his family members. Hilari and his mother felt so much happy to receive the greeting cards you sent to Hilari. He likes the cards you sent so much. His mother thanks you too. They thank you very much and wish you the best in life. May God bless you. From your friend, Odoya Hilari Odoari. Very good. I think we're finished with you folks. You can have a seat. Give them another round of applause. All right, we're going to close up here in just a minute, but I want to close with something that maybe will also encourage you just a little bit. Going to give you all of us a challenge, if you will. Our giving to missions should always be a ministry of joy. I want you to know that. When you give to the Lord, it should always be out of the joy that God has placed in your heart. God loves a cheerful giver, he says. Paul wrote these words to one of the churches that he established in Philippi. He said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. They were able to help support Paul on these mission trips that he was able to take. Paul, no, Paul was not rejoicing only that he would receive something, but also that it would be a blessing from God to the people that actually gave to the ministry that he was doing. And, and this is what's found in the following verses, verses 17 and 18. Not that I am looking for the gift, but I am looking for what may be accredited to your account. You see, when we give, God sees it as a credit to us as well. The work that goes on around the world is done by all of us. And God blesses us working together. Give me an amen. And he goes on down there to say, All the gifts that you've given to me, but notice the last part. They are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. The gifts that we give are pleasing to God. Whether it's your offering or your tithe, time, energy, money, whatever it might be, or to mission work or whatever it is, that money in which you give, that time, that energy that you give is a, is a fragrant offering to God. It's a sacrifice, yes, but it pleases God. And everybody I know wants to please God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me finish with this. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones tells of a story of a farmer, a farmer who reported happily to his wife that their best cow gave birth to twin calves, one red one, one white one. You know, I think what he, he said to his wife, you know what I think we should do is we should dedicate one of those calves to the Lord's work. We'll bring them up together, and when it's time comes, we'll sell them, and we'll, give, we'll keep our part, the calf that we sell for us, and we'll give the other monies to the work of the Lord. She said, well, which one are you going to give? And he said, well, it won't matter. We'll just raise them, and as we raise them at the end, we will just know, and we'll give it then. Fine, she said. A few months later, the farmer came into the kitchen looking miserably sad, and his wife asked what was wrong. What's wrong, sweetheart, she said. Well, I have some news, and it's bad news. 
What's the news, sweetheart? He simply said, the Lord's calf died today. And when I say that, that story shows how easy it is to have good intentions. How we have good intentions about our giving, whether it is our tithes or our offerings or to mission work. But the story also teaches how good those intentions can easily be put aside, left behind, and never followed through with. So our challenge today is going to be, we're going to have these little cards out. And our challenge to you this coming week will be this. And every, we only need one per household. If somebody else gets one, that's fine. It's a little blue envelope. And what we're asking is this. Go ahead. We're asking you to do three things when Dean and I met together. We want you to pray and pray and pray. Here's what, the, what we want you to pray for, as you can see there. We want you to pray. Pray for all mission work around the world. Why? So that it will bring multitudes to the Lord through Jesus Christ for salvation. Can I have an amen? At least we can all have a part in praying for our mission work wherever it might be. Amen? Secondly, we want you to pray. We want you to pray for what you and your family are willing to give. We don't want you to just open this up, put in some money, and throw it in the basket next week. We want you to think and talk about with your family. If you have children... Ask them what they thought of the service and how things went. Ask them to be creative in what they're, they're willing to give as well. For instance, an idea might be the child might be willing to give a few dollars, a couple of dollars, a dollar out of their, maybe their, their uh, um, allowance, thank you, their allowance to maybe help with missions. And that would be a wonderful thing. Here's another creative idea that I, that I just think would be good. Listen, you don't have to give anything. I'm not calling you to do that. God's calling you to whatever He puts on your heart. But perhaps this week you're going to take your family out to dinner. And let's say it's going to cost $40. But you say, what we're going to do is we're just going to stay home. We all got plenty of food at home. And maybe that's going to cost you $10. And maybe you can put that $30 in there. And maybe that can be your family giving that week, that month. Just think about that. And finally, pray. Pray that everyone gives what they can and that God will bless all that do because He promised that He would. Make sure you bring this back with you next week. We have something to do with it there. But our mission work, our mission work at Western Hills is Ecuador, Kenya, Tipton Home, and Westview Boys Home. Those, that's what we do. So when someone asks you, you should be able to at least say that's the work that we do or are involved in here at Western Hills. But one last thing. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, think about this for a moment. You're lost. But I can promise you this. Jesus wants you found. And today is the day in which you can turn. The day, today is the day in which you can turn and surrender to God and come home and feel His embrace, His love and His forgiveness and His compassion. And you too can experience a new birth. And you too can be a part of that wonderful big family that goes into all the world and teaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever your need is, we're going to sing this song for you. Prayer request or whatever it is, you come together as we stand and sing.